0: Here I stand head in hand, turn my face to the wall. If she's gone, I can not go on, feeling too good small. Everywhere people stare, each and every day I can see them laugh at me. I even see
1: You do the intro
2: no you do, no, you do it
1: No, you do it
2: No, you do it Let's do it together
1: No, you do it
2: Let's do it together Fine Okay, what are you going to say?
1: You say it first
2: No, we have to do it together <laughs> All righty This is the Howling uh, Coyote Show <laughs> This is The Mile High Show, episode number 222, 222. I am trying to record an intro with my goofy son, Anthony, Hello. who's sitting around late at night on a Sunday. You got to go to school in the morning. We got to hurry up and wrap this up. Anthony is sitting around the kitchen table in front of the fireplace, drinking tea like a little old man. all righty we are uh this is the intro for 222 um a little before your time anthony there used to be a show called room 222 but a bunch of kids in high school are you in high school yet no no yeah don't just shake your head nobody can hear your (laughs) head shaking and there was one guy on the show who had really big orange hair He's a high school kid with a big orange afro. He's really weird. What? I think his name was Bernie. Mm. I don't remember. Okay. So Jim Sobo has taken over the microphones today for the Howling Coyote radio hour. He just got back off of tour of California with, uh, I forget who was with him this go around, but they were Pat Berry, I think. And I'm not sure who else, but they were in California. Uh, hitting uh, L.A. and the San Francisco Bay Area to uh, put on some shows. The very first of the winter concert series for the Howling Coyote Tour. Uh, they go out every summer. And then throughout the year, Jim, Jim Sobo, the founder of the Howling Coyote Tour, hosts a Howling Coyote showcase once a month at Mark's Beer Garden. He will be there this Friday. Which is I don't know what the date is the seventeenth I think at Mark's Beer Garden in Prescott where he will be featuring Nick Canuel and Sean McDermott and those are his guests today so sit back and enjoy you like music right Anthony you're gonna okay yeah what kind of music do you like who do you like listening to ACDC ACDC Van Halen Van Halen. who you been listening to lately ACDC and who else in the car
1: oh yeah uh,
2: You too, huh? Yeah, you too. What's your favorite song for you too?
1: Oh. Helter Skelter.
2: This is a song Charles Manson stole from the Beatles. Anthony stole from Charles Manson. Pop stole from Anthony. And now we're stealing it back. (laughs) Give me a little taste of Helter Skelter.
1: I forgot.
2: Ah, he sings along in the car. Okay, so back to the show. Jim Sobo. Hosting the show with his guests, Nick Canuel and, uh, 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 Sean McDermott. Now, I had Nick on a couple months ago and we were talking about his latest release. It will be released. Look at a Fool is, is the title of the, of the CD and, uh, and the title track. A fantastic story about how he, uh, how that song came about. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Just listen to it. Go back milehighshow.com. Listen to the archives of Nick Canuel from a couple of months ago. Look at a fool. It will be released on the 31st of January at the uh, uh, the Point Barn Lounge in Prescott, where Sean and Nick will be uh, playing that night. The title track I had not heard before. It is fantastic. You got to listen to it. That's all I'm going to say. Pick up a copy once it's released at a live show, download it off of iTunes, it's going to be everywhere. He released it through CD Baby. It was recorded at Raven Sound Studios with Dylan Ludwig. You'll hear all about this on this show. So sit back and enjoy Sean McDermott, Nick Canuel and their host, Jim Sobo. A fantastic show. Just listen to it. It's great. There's some great music throughout. I'm not sure yet. I think I think the intro might be either Nick doing a Beatles cover or Nick's uh, one of the singles that he gave me uh a couple of months ago. But Look at a Fool, the title track, fantastic. It's an incredible, incredible song. Uh Very layered, very deep, and it's incredible. And the story of how that song came about is fantastic. He talked about it on my show a while back. He talks about it again with Jim. And what else? we? Oh, yes. Open mic. The open mic that the Mile High Show is hosting is once a month, the second Thursday of every month at Plaza Bowl. Go to milehighshow.com. There's a link right there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We post the events on there. A lot of fun. It is a mixed open mic. That means music, comedy, storytelling, poetry, whatever you want to do uh as long as it is family friendly in content and in language so uh we're having a lot of fun we've done two of them so far november uh, excuse me december and january had a lot of fun uh a great turnout both months so come on check us out 7 p m plaza bowl uh in uh, in prescott the second and uh, the second thursday of every month we're also doing a one off at l Parazo Mexican Italian restaurant in Chino Valley February twenty second. That's a Saturday starting at five thirty PM. Bring the family out. Have some fun. Anthony, you give us a review. You are at the very first Plaza Bowl show in December, the open mic. Give us a review. What'd you think of the first off, what'd you think of the cheeseburgers at Plaza <laughs> Bowl?
1: You really want me to yeah. talk all right. It was good.
2: Cheeseburger was fantastic. What'd you think of the show?
1: I liked the comedy better.
2: <laughs> Why? Who did comedy?
1: I forgot the name. His
2: name was Kelsey Knudsen. The guy with the beard?
1: That guy was pretty funny. That
2: guy was funny. You don't remember anybody else that was doing comedy?
1: Uh, let's see.
2: Nobody else. You don't remember anybody else? Maybe you. some guy that you live with. Yeah, you. <laughs> How about the music? Remember Dale Long? He yeah. He did some. He's my co-host. Uh, Leslie Earl Lyman did some music. Uh,
1: Des- uh Desiree Legulis
2: Yes, Desiree Ugalis, Mike uh, Adler. There was a bunch. There was a bunch. So we had a lot of fun. And you, Anthony, couldn't make it this past Thursday, but you will be out there in February, the second Thursday of February. You're going to be out there. I'm going to get you up there to tell some jokes. How's that? No, hey, you won't. Maybe, maybe we'll leave mommy at home, and then we can tell jokes about mommy. What do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, you just told that to everybody, so she might get a call. It's all right.
2: Nobody listens to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell everybody what website. Where can they hear the archives?
1: I forgot.
2: MilehighShow.com. Thank you. You're a lousy publicist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoever right. said I was a publicist.
2: All right. You out there in podcast land have to listen to episode 222 with Jim Sobo, Nick Canuel, and Sean McDermott of the Howling Coyote Showcase this coming Friday at Mark's Beer Garden, the 17th. And you, Anthony, you have to go to bed. You got school in the morning. It's only 8.18. 8.18? It's past my bedtime. <laughs> sit back enjoy what the time show. is
1: your bedtime anyway
2: Eight seventeen is my oh, bedtime. wow <laughs> all right i'm trying to end this so stop talking
1: you stop talking
2: okay let's both stop talking <laughs>
1: all right hello welcome to
3: the howling coyote tour radio hour my name is jim sobo uh, it is a beautiful January day. We're sitting here staring at uh, Granite Mountain in Prescott, Arizona, about six thousand feet up here in the Arizona mountains. And I have two very special guests with me. Uh, the this is the only folks that I've had on the podcast that are back. And last time they were here, they were they were overshadowed by two uh, large, larger than life personalities. Uh, 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 Tommy Anderson was here last time <laughs> yeah. and um, Rosemary Tracy was here last time uh-huh. uh, and we had just come back from a, a tour um, so welcome back thank you guys for being back uh, Nick canuel hey. and Sean Patrick McDermott
4: hello hi thanks for having us Jim absolutely
3: absolutely uh, so for those of you that are not familiar with the Helen Coyote tour radio hour the Helen Coyote tour every year for the last year now 15 years i've taken local original singer songwriters up to the san francisco bay area and now we do a little gig in los angeles on our way up there and i showcase them and i showcase usually a a couple different artists and i emcee the the show we do several different shows throughout the bay area and do a little bit of um radio and hopefully get a little bit of press and it's a great time and it's my honor and privilege to do it um just cause I've, when I moved here 20 years ago to lovely Prescott, Arizona, I was awestruck by the talent and by the um, uh, amount of diversity there is in, in the talent here. And I just felt compelled to expose them and, and have my other favorite musical community, um, see what, what great talent comes from this, from this state. So, um, Nick, let's start with you. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Good, good, good. <laughs> so, um, Nick Canuel, uh, I've known you for probably about at least 15 years, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's been a good while now. Yeah. 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 And uh, probably known you since you were 19, I th- I'd like th- to I think like 18 to say. even, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I
4: think something like that. We were, yeah, it wasn't very far out of high school.
3: <laughs> and, and you were just this insanely talented young man uh, that had no right to be that talented <laughs> at, at at that age uh and um you ended up going on a tour
4: yeah i yeah. went on um i i had a duo at the time called nixon and uh we accidentally won a contest and i say accidentally cuz we didn't know it was a contest we were lied to by uh So <laughs> my partner in that duo, his mom told us it was an open mic and that you guys needed people to sign up. And we're like, oh, we can do that. We'll help them out. And five minutes before he we went on, they're like, oh, by the way, it's a contest. I'm like, oh, well, we should work out a different set then. And we did, and we won. And yeah. uh yeah, it was something like six months later, we were in San Francisco with you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then there was another gentleman from Tombstone, Arizona, that yeah, came Richie. up. Richie Hart, H uh, A R D T. You can check him out, R I C C I. richiehart.com. You can go check him out. And uh, yeah, we all had a, we all had a great time. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah that, was
4: a, that was a great week and a half. Yeah,
3: yeah, that was yeah, just, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back. Thank you, you are you are a man now. You I'm are a man now. Established in the community, <laughs> respected even.
4: That's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So uh, I, uh, I encourage folks to, to play original music sure. Um, because when I moved here, I um, fancied myself a songwriter, <laughs> and uh, I still do, uh, and want folks to always try to get their originals out there. I think that no matter where you are, no matter what venue you walk into, it's refreshing, I think, to yeah. listen to original music. I agree. Yeah and let folks know that there's still great people out there that are aspiring to really roll up their sleeves and get into the song craft and, you know, write a good eight ball or a bridge and, you know, just some killer harmonies and make something, make a a work of art. And so you have just completed... I've
4: just done this. ...your first work of art. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So Nick Candwell, A Look at a Fool is the album title, and uh, I don't know when this is going to go up this podcast but it is what is this january 11th so if all goes according to plan and i've said this uh on i think basically this podcast before it should be out soon (laughs) i told uh i did the mile high podcast with with matt santos back in like september was like oh it'll be out in november well it's january (laughs) it's not out um but for real this time it should be out the 31st it is currently right now being printed it's being made as we speak um so it, it has a, a done date of the next two weeks and it'll be here shortly thereafter which should put it in my physical hands like the 28th or 9th and available on the 31st and it'll be streaming and physical copies and the whole bit so
3: and so you're you're gonna have a uh, electronic <laughs> access uh, with yeah. everything, Spotify. Yeah, it'll be on know.
4: Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or Apple Music, whatever they f- they're calling it now, Pandora, YouTube. Uh, and it's on my website that just went live oh, a couple wow. days ago, Congratulations. nickcanduel.com. It'll be on there as well when, that, when it's finally ready. So the website is? Nickcanduel.com. It's oh, wow. N I C K C A N U L. Excellent. Yeah.
3: Welcome, yeah. child, I know. into this, this <laughs> musical world. I've
4: entered 2002. <laughs> oh wow! The baby is born. I know it's finally time. So that yeah, it'll fantastic. be Widely available in all kinds of formats. And so I've been
3: bugging thing. you for close to fifteen years. years yeah. A thousand years. I am that old. <laughs> to uh, to not only write more yeah. music. <laughs> so is is this kind of um, a collection that has been acquired ov- over the years, or yeah. do you have a, a
4: writing spurt? uh yeah no there it it kind of comes in waves um there is one from when I was like sixteen on there uh that's the there's this an instrumental one I wrote called Juliet but uh the rest of them are from the age of like twenty one on and usually there'll be like a span where I write three songs at once and then I don't for a year because just nothing happens and then I'll write another three or four songs at once, and that's mostly like you know different spans of that plus a cover there's one cover on there that's not my song um but you'll have to buy it to find out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, songwriting in general, we'll we'll talk a lot about that uh, as we get Sean yeah. in here as well. Yeah. Is is quite a beast, and yeah. and it can be approached in many different ways. And uh, either you sit down, you you roll up your sleeves, and you force yourself to say, "Okay, dang it, I, I have to." Uh, sure. I. It's been too long. I have I have to write a song. Or a melody pops into your head and you kind of try to figure it out on your instrument or vocally. Sure. Uh, so there's so many different ways to
4: there go are, about yeah. it. There are, yeah. I, I totally agree. In, in my case, I think it's best to just sort of let it happen. Anytime I make a song happen, I end up throwing it out immediately. It's almost always garbage. And so it's like, I, I force myself to like keep something going in the head as, as much as I can so I can just kind of have a creative flow going. Um, but if I force it to happen, it's, it's usually just trash. <laughs> There's so many songs that no one's ever going to hear. <laughs> just, like, hey, okay, that was a waste of eight minutes. <laughs> I should never listen to that again. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, uh, Sean Patrick McDermott, hello. Yes, hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Yes. Happy 2020. I'm feeling very positive about this. 2020, it's a new decade. Refresh. Let's put all that negative energy behind us and, yes. and you know, come in with a lot of good, positive energy. Um, you have an EP out there.
5: I do. It's been out there for a while now. Um, and uh, in fact, the last time I was here, we probably talked about it, but it, it's called Small Songs. Uh, it is out there on Spotify and iTunes and every other place that Nick just mentioned. Is Green on that? Green is on that. Green yeah. is the first track on love, there. Yeah, love that song. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Green is the Green's the opener on there, um, and that's
3: so it's on Spotify. People can t- that yes. seems to be like one of the, you know, I I'm not yeah. I'm I personally don't subscribe because again I am ancient. <laughs> uh, I actually have albums and 45s and these things called CDs. We do. Oh, do. We're, yeah, we're into we that do. stuff too. So, we you know, yeah. yeah we make we waste money in every direction. That's when, when yeah, and that. Well, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this. There was a time when you heard a song on the radio, not through some type of streaming subscription device, uh, and you loved the song and you didn't have instant access to it. You just heard it on the radio and it was this fabulous gift that was flew down from heaven into your ears and now your job was to go find it. Yeah. Whether, you know, you Go ahead and scavenger your local record shops and pawn shops and any place that you could find something. You know thrift stores, <laughs> and then and and you bought it. And when you did buy it, or you waited for the release date. Uh-huh. There was back in the industry, um, it used to be Tuesdays were a big release date day, and I used to go to a place called Tower Records um, on the Sunset Strip, and you'd wait for it to come out. Mm-hmm. And so there was a there was a when you had heard a song or you heard a number of songs by an artist that either was a new artist to you or an established artist, um, and you bought the product, whether it was a 45 or an LP or a CD, there was value to that yeah, because you spent money on it and now you own it and it's yours Uh and it's part of your collection. Yep. And, uh, so, so fundamentally right now. right now it's so different it's like we ingest music a lot a lot differently now
5: entirely yeah yeah it's it's a bit of a laugh i you know it's funny i i um i'm only 25 so at, at every point that i can consciously remember i was able to get on a computer and probably find it somehow uh whatever thing i had heard but i do remember begging my mom to drive me to pick up a cold play album when it came out once <laughs> At Barnes and Noble, <laughs> it would have been Viva La Vida. It would have, I, yeah, it would have been that record. I was at Walmart at midnight
4: when AC/DC released Black Eyes.
5: Yeah, I was like, Is that,
4: I'm gonna be the first guy to own the CD. Yep. And yeah, so I, I get it. And that went to number one. It debuted at number one in 28 countries, and I know that off the top of my head for some reason.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no it was because it was very impressive that late in, in their
4: career. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They they launched a massive world tour after that, at which I saw them, and they were great. And was that Brian Johnson's? Yeah. last Last uh, last full tour, last full tour, and Brian's last album last, that he recorded. Now they did one more album with Brian after that. Oh, the next did, album okay. was the big mess. That's when everything bad happened. Oh when, really? That's when the drummer went to jail. That's when Malcolm died. That's when Axl Rose came in. Ugh, oh, it was a rough oh, few years yeah. for ACDC. Oh god, I have a despondent Malcolm ACDC. Away did Malcolm's just... gone. Oh yeah, he, he got sick and then he's gone now. So like, yeah. it's been a rough few years to be an ACDC fan. It is a tough here time. on the
3: Howland Coyote <laughs> Radio Hour, folks. We just get into all different kinds of stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And since we're uh, since we're talking, since we're all we are all fans, we are all audiophiles as well. Yeah, um, I I think I can I feel safe to uh, say that with these these two gentlemen. Um, but Neil Pert passed away.
4: Yeah, dude, he did. And just I'm yesterday,
3: so I believe. Um, so let's have a moment of silence for Neil Pert. Uh, I've seen him. I know. Mr. Santos, uh, who, uh, runs milehighshow.com show.com and, uh, that's, was his baby. I know probably has seen Mr. Pert on stage at least once. Never, never. No. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been to a few rush shows over the years mm-hmm. and just, yeah, just what, w- what a void, you know, yeah, just seriously. feeling, feeling him gone. It was, I, I'd never really been, um, you know, you kind of, whenever rock stars, pass you're as there's a certain part of you it's like oh wow that really sucks but you know it's kind of part of the industry you know rock rock and rollers tend to go um but for some reason when tom petty passed away i felt the same way i felt like this huge void yeah you know that is this whole like you know uh type of music and mentality of music you know it just kind of passed on
4: sean and i were actually talking about this last night i was saying like man i'm really like actually like bummed out about neil Perk. I said, I think the last time, like, I was actually, like, affected by a famous musician death this way was when George Harrison died. I think it was the last time Mm -hmm. I was, like, actually really sad about it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everyone says, like, man, that sucks. But it's like, well, it goes on. But Neil Peart's like, boy, that's a big one. That's an important one. That is. That is. And you know, us prog rockers,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he
3: is he's like a god to us, he is, you know. That's I mean, uh, it's like I uh, believe me, I'm sure even Phil Collins is probably lighting a candle, you oh, know? yeah. And just you know, when Phil was doing was the killer prog rock drummer, you know, right. I'm sure he even he admired, of course, uh, you know, Neil, yeah. You so, anyway. A uh, little sound of uh, of silence and admiration, and we're sending it out to Neil Pert's family and friends, and of course to the surviving Rush members. All right, well, anyway, before we got off on I don't know how many yeah, different tangents, a lot of tangents <laughs> sir. I'm not even high, so <laughs> I'm this is I'm not, I don't even have a beer in my hand. This is <laughs> odd, uh, but anyway, Sean Patrick McDermott, um, Sean, you. Uh, How did you guys meet? How now, Okay, so you are both <laughs> very talented individually, and you're both writers. Thank you're you. both multi instrumentalists as yes. well. You're both um, avid guitar
5: collectors. Yes. <laughs> it's a problem yes i've in fact i've amazingly downsized in the last year on guitars i've been trading multiple guitars in for better and better ones i did that's, the same thing yeah, that's true that's true Yeah, you know, we've both downsized
4: yeah just a bit. you know what i mean i really wanted that less paul so yeah. that meant the other ones had to go away yeah that was a good choice <laughs> it it's an expensive <laughs> guitar it's a great guitar <laughs> yeah i work at a guitar shop now it doesn't help (laughs) it doesn't help it's only worse no but so it was an interesting way we met honestly because uh back at the time i had a a, uh an acoustic duo with my lead singer from my full band little larry we were playing at jersey lily on thursday nights and this one night just some dude i'd never met before and his dad came in
5: and he would have described me as some punk if he didn't end up Getting to know me at Yeah, point. probably. Because I, I, I walked in with a damn guitar. No, yeah. I did Did I have the guitar on Oh, me? you had the guitar on Okay, in. yeah. You did not play my, my dad. My night. dad, when I first moved to town, or no, before I moved to town, long before. No, I it down, was town, way yeah. before you lived It was here. when I was visiting town. I'd bring my guitar, and we'd go out and he'd say, bring your guitar. Well, there'll be an open mic or something. Bring your guitar. I'd say, okay, Dad. Throw my, throw my <laughs> guitar in the car, and we go downtown, and i bring it up to Jersey Lily, and I'm that punk who walks in with, with his guitar. guitar. Yeah, so your dad
4: came up and was like... Hey, my son's really good. You mind if he plays? And we're like, uh oh, man, one of these That's, guys. Like, of course, you're going to say your kid's really good. He's your kid, uh, and he's like, he doesn't have to play with you. And in fact, he can just play while you're on break. Is it fine? We'll let him sit on. Well, he'll play on break because it's. I mean, you know, you know, it's just it's not an open mic. Go away. Um, yep. <laughs> well, so I went to break and I was outside having a smoke, and I heard. Uh, what was the song you used to mash up with "Fly Me to the Moon"? Was it "Ano Sunshine"? Yeah, 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 Bill Withers. So yeah. he was doing "Ain't No Sunshine," and I was like, "Okay," but uh, you know that's 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 an easy song to do, so that's fine. Um, but then he kicked into "Fly Minute the Moon," and was like, uh, "Okay." So I put out my cigarette and went in, and it's like, I guess I have to listen to this guy. And after three songs, he was done, and I was like, "Okay, we're friends." Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> I went, it's like, hey man, here's my number. Call me when you're in town next." And yeah, uh,
5: that got things going pretty quick. I mean, I, yeah, every uh, time Sean came to visit, I. Yeah, I had us on stage. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I I came back to town maybe a few months later, and we were we mm-hmm. were already getting at it because it was like um, really quickly there was so much overlap musically yeah. to draw from. Uh, and Beatles you were coming band. in to
3: town from where?
5: Jesus. At this point, um, I had been living in Houston for just a few months after living in Lubbock, Texas, for two years. Lubbock. After living in yes, Nashville Lubbock. for for two years. Uh, so i i had i started in houston texas i was there for 18 went to school in nashville went to school in lubbock went back to houston came out to prescott now i'm here it's a great time
4: so then by the time sean finally moved here uh i think you were here for two nights and we were booked to jersey where we played for three and and a half years every tuesday
5: (laughs) immediately got going yeah
4: i had that i like i i had started setting it up before you ever
5: got here so it was just ready Mm -hmm. to pull the trigger when you moved yep and uh, that that duo really helped things a lot because I mean we were playing together for three hours every week, you know, yeah, for years, yeah, three and a half years. So yeah.
3: you, you pretty much you didn't have to. And when I saw you, Sean, mm. uh, you were where you play now, yeah. All, yeah. Every Friday night, uh, a place here in Prescott, Arizona called The Point. Yes, the Point downtown, Bar and uh, not too far from Whiskey Row, and um, you were there on an open mic, I think.
5: Oh, and yeah, and, could have been.
3: And yeah, and I just came up, and I got your, your card, and then I ended up calling you, I think, like three years later or something. Yeah,
5: <laughs> a good while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you,
3: you you haven't had to have too much of a solo career here because you and Nick have been collaborating for
5: yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, which was great. Cause I had never had that in the past. I, I grew up playing music with all kinds of people, but, um, when I started playing shows, it was very much, uh, opportunities for a solo singer songwriter act. And that was all I did for, you know, when I was in high school and college, um, I'd, I'd get in you know the studio with other musicians to record things here and there, but I never had the, uh, opportunity to collaborate live on a consistent basis with another musician. Um, and that is totally different and makes you a lot better at things So well, I think it's
3: time to listen to some music cool. Yeah, let's do it. So let's uh, let, let, let's let go ahead and get um, Nick up first. Oh, okay. Yeah age before beauty and yeah, then, And then yeah. and then uh, why don't you each play a, a couple songs and then we'll get back to yammering Sounds like that. a plan.
5: Yeah, what are you gonna play Nick? Uh,
4: Okay, uh, so I'll do. I guess. Uh, oh no! Oh God! Oh no! The mic stand's running away. <laughs> okay, stay. Uh, yeah. So this is um, this is the first track on my forthcoming debut album. Uh, forthcoming. So yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So this one's called um, "Time Stand Still." On the uh, recording, one I played the whole thing except for the solo. I brought my dad in to play the guitar solo on it. I was telling you before we got recording, I called him right before uh, we were supposed to be there to record it and said, hey man, I need a solo. I'm not doing very good on this. Could you bring your Les Paul? And uh, long story short, uh, he did one take and that's it. He did one take. I was like, nope, that's a solo and we kept it. And that's what ended up on the thing. So anyway, here's this.
0: Spend my time Just thinking about time Counting each minute Make sure I'm living it Just watching the house Go and pants. I keep watching my TV When no one can see me Reeling The minutes go by And I Take my new place And I look at my face In the mirror You saw my other guy When it's all too fast You walk past And then Time stands still Time stands still was a time of all you and i i was with minutes the minutes took seconds none of that mattered the minute i met you let those days go by i keep counting my blessings to see if the mess in my mind if you stay I know what you're feeling When you catch me stealing a glance You don't have to say When it's all too fast You walk past the hand. Time stands still stand. Time stands still stand. I'm dying and you just won't buy Time stands still oh. Time stand still Time stand still When you walk in the room now, baby Time stand still Time stand still Oh, thank you, thank you.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 jo- the dog decided to join in on that one. <laughs> Sounded good. Might have to do another take on that, but that's at least the first one. We'll build from there. Uh, tagging Sean? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's tagging Sean. Okay. Sean's turn.
5: All right, let's see here. Yeah, I haven't done this in a long time.
6: if she's gonna stay oh. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone She's always gone too long Anytime she goes away I know, 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 Yeah, let leave a young thing alone, but ain't no sunshine when she's gone. There's only darkness every day, oh. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. This house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime that she goes away Yeah, yeah, yeah Fly me to the moon And let me play among the stars And let me know what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Darling, kiss me and fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore Because you are all I've longed for All I've worshipped and adored In other words Please be true oh, oh, In other words In other words Oh, in other words I love you. I fill my heart with song. Let me sing for evermore. All oh, because you are all I long for, all I've worshipped i have oh, in other words, please be true. Oh, oh, in other words, in other words, all oh, in other words, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh, oh, the climactic parts. Thanks very much. That's two songs I wrote. Uh, uh, next
2: turn. That
3: was, that was awesome. So, uh, Nick, did that remind you of why you wanted to play with, yeah. with Sean in the first place?
2: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
4: It reminded me of
5: that, totally that very much. <laughs> totally.
4: And the dog just added a whole new layer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not just any dog. That's an
3: American coonhound. American coonhound. Yeah, he's... He's all of I think one and a
4: half, and uh, he's new to the Sobo family. So, and he's a straight up tenor. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah,
3: he doesn't he doesn't have a bark. He just has a howl. That, that's <laughs> about it. And if I did have hair, he would blow it off when he howls at <laughs> me, when he's trying to tell me something. Well, thank you, gentlemen. That was beautiful, lovely, and I'm, i we're we're going to get one more song out of each of you, yeah. uh, an original out of Sean this time. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. you will. <laughs> excellent, a- excellent. Um, okay. So, um, let's talk about songwriting just for a second. But before we do that, um, Sean, you were saying when you were growing up that you basically acquired most of your music, um, online. Yeah. And was, were your influences from your, from your folks or just you doing a little bit of fishing?
5: You know, uh, a little bit of the fishing, but mostly my dad had pretty good taste. I have him to thank for a lot of my musical influences. Um plenty of things I love now would horrify him, but um but there's there's a lot uh that I have him to thank for. Um <laughs> I can't think of any music that would horrify anyone. <laughs> you know but what actually Tamera to be Manson fair, he showed he like shows like up to like the like bar that. and he's the guy that's asking me to play the Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, and okay, and he's okay. like he's asking for the hip hop stuff, right. which is fun. Um <laughs> but uh no, my, my dad played a lot of, um, the the CDs in the car uh, were like, you know, Nora Jones and James Taylor and Eagle's Hell Freezes Over and then the Dire Straits and then John Mayer. And I thought it was all old stuff. I thought Nora Jones and John Mayer, you know, were were old stuff um, just because that's what's, what I was hearing with the old stuff. Um, but yeah, all that worked its way in and never, you know, I still love most of that music. Um, everybody I listed, I, I still adore. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean a good song,
3: a well structured written song can be arranged in so many different ways. Yeah, you know? exactly. Whether if yeah. Norah Jones wants to play it softly, that's fine, but I'm sure you could take a Norah Jones a good Norah Jones song and make mm-hmm. it into a reggae or metal or punk or yeah. just about anything, you know.
5: Yeah, if the song is there, then yeah. you know, you can make it work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I that that's a kind of a huge thing with songwriting. I think people get a little um Not not everybody has this issue, but like I've got some students who are who are getting into writing songs, um, and we you know we spend time in guitar lessons, kind of working on these songs of theirs, and they're they're so tied up in the well I think it's I think once the delay once there's this kind of delay effect on the vocal it's going to sound the right and it's like yeah but the song's not there, you got to get the song there first right. Other like the mix won't help. Right. <laughs> you know, the production right. tricks
3: won't help. There are, you know, there are folks out there I think, you know, when when Jack Johnson came onto the scene and um there there are vibes also. Yeah. There are people that just write songs or write music that it's just kind of more of a vibe. It's more of a feeling, it's kind of more of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's they're not as concerned about you know the the structure, or totally. having a good verse, or a bridge, or a chorus, or anything of the sort. It's just they're just going to get up and just start jamming and getting into kind of tapping into a vibe, a
5: right? Exactly wavelength. Exactly. Yeah. There's um there's entire. Uh, I mean, if you go to India, that's that's the the mindset of the music of Indian traditional music is that they're all they're tapping into these never ending waves. Songs don't have beginnings and ends. They don't have a starting chord and an ending chord or anything like that. Um, there's just a particular sort of scale and set of notes they're emphasizing in a mood, and they just tap into it and come back out of it, and that's all, you know. And these performances can go on for hours because it's just a, a vibe, you know. I, th- it- I think it's a similar thing with like Jack Johnson, and I, I listened to a lot of Jason Mraz when I was younger, and he, he was doing some more, right? I exactly, think. tapping into a vibe all the time, right? Yeah, totally.
3: And with with now you you mentioned India, you know, I hear. I, I hear a certain quality in your voice now that um, mm. I don't think I heard last
5: time. It's the cold I'm
3: getting uh, over. Oh, is it? Okay, <laughs> yeah. it sounds great. I haven't sung in a yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. It, it, uh, it, it sounds great. Yeah, there is there is that there is that that day when the cold when you're just at the at the end of the cold. Uh-huh. and you sound like you've been playing in clubs for like a week straight or something like that, and you're starting to get your voice back. So there's, I always wish I could just hold on to that quality. Totally. Just that one day, because then your voice goes back to normal the next day, and the day before mm-hmm. you couldn't sing, but there's that one day when you're like, just you sound really cool. Uh huh. Yeah.
5: There's like a, there's a little extra rasp.
2: There's yeah, like an extra, yeah.
5: extra squeak yeah, in the crack. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah,
3: it's, it's, great. Great. Yeah,
5: it's, good. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's good. And um, uh, we talk a lot about uh, your influences from your dad, right, Nick? Uh, yeah, both my parents. Both your parents? Yeah.
4: They were going to name me John Paul because they're such big Beatle freaks. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it came from them. It, like, Sean has, like, yeah, I came from dad, but then around and stuff. I'm like, nope, uh, my parents. That's pretty much 100% of where my music came from. And they got me into the Beatles, they got me into Stevie Ray Vaughn, and everything else happened from there. I found my own stuff later, but, you know, for the formative years, it all came from. Mostly mom and and dad as well, but mostly mom. Were they uh, spinning LPs or? Uh... Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it was CDs. Sometimes it was LPs. Sometimes it was this massive file of songs my dad just downloaded or something like that. You know, it's like it's like oh yeah, I just downloaded this band's entire discography and also all the bootlegs as well. Check it out. So, you know, so it's <laughs> it all depended on what it was, but uh, you know, uh, sometimes LPs, sometimes CDs, more often CDs at the time tapes. God, I do not miss cassette tapes. We, my brother and I, killed every other set cassette tape we ever had because we'd leave it on top of the boombox and erase it. Don't miss tapes; those things were bad. Yeah, <laughs> LPs are cool, CDs are cool, tapes suck.
3: A pencil was <laughs> was, was was handy to yeah. have though. A pencil was very handy to have. With, yeah, you couldn't with listen a, to a tape without uh, having uh, a cassette Number yeah. two pencil to fix right, exactly. it exactly. Yeah, you yeah. To, you had to run the the spool back.
4: Yeah, exactly. Tape sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't romanticize tapes. They're bad. They melt. It's gonna happen. Too. They melt. Yeah, <laughs> and they get eaten by things. Tapes are so bad. H tracks. I get. H tracks also melts. H tracks yeah. before me. H tracks. tapes.
3: And I I guess if you think about it, if you if the, if the if the the width of the tape, you know we we talk about half inch when we record on on half inch analog. <laughs> you know back back in the day well, it,
5: and it, like tape has a sound so people will go after it right now for recording purposes Right. Mm-hmm. Like quarter inch tape is in high demand
3: yeah for i studios. wouldn't doubt it yeah. yeah and just it's great that we still em, embrace analog yeah. in any form whether we're recording or listening yeah, or, or dropping a needle in
4: music. music's like about the last place where analog is still like king cuz i mean how many lead guitar players you know who just are like yeah i prefer solid state amps right. no no one they, right. like, yeah. n- no one who's, who's going for I, I mean unless you're playing metal typically then that's usually going to be a solid state thing but for the most part anyone outside of that type of world are looking for more of a crunch thing and hey, you can't get that very well out of a it's solid getting state amp.
5: The tech's it's getting sure better. it's getting better but it's getting pretty close but, but it's not as good but why get the thing that sounds almost as good as yeah. the thing we've
4: already got
3: you yeah. know?
5: weight mostly yeah. Uh, yeah my amp is very heavy so yeah. I do get that <laughs>
4: <Great>. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if eight tracks sounded better than the cassette tapes because the uh, tape was thick, thicker or something of the sort, or the Most quality. Most people think they
5: do. At least, like, yeah. I mean, engineers. because they
3: could get more information on it, maybe.
5: Yeah, and there's this it 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 breaks up in a particular, it distorts in a really particular way yeah. that is pleasant to the ear. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: And it was kind of like the middle ground between the the warmth of of an album mm-hmm. and uh, the cassette tape, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Whenever I think of, of eight tracks, you always think of, of cars. You always think of automobiles. You think of you know throwing the eight track in in into the car and going up, m- making out you know up on Mulholland or, you know, that, right. at least I do. But I, <laughs> that shows you how old I am. Yeah. Uh, my blow-up doll was just fine.
6: <laughs> I love
3: fine. I love uh, Betty. She was she <laughs> was re- really this good really to curious me. What name I going to come out with over the years. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, let it be Frank <laughs> <laughs> Betty.
5: <laughs> Betty Balloon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a character. So um, well Yeah. Now
3: so now back, okay. But... <laughs> uh, so. We know where the influences are, Nick. But you, you talk a lot about, I know one of your main influences is Stevie Ray. Of course. Um, but you talk a lot about uh, Angus. Yeah. Also,
4: yeah. I have a huge ACDC fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Angus was actually a problem for me for a while. Um, because, and uh, like, those of you listening, hear me out. Angus Young is the world's best, worst guitar player. He is so good, and he's so choppy. Like it's the the his fluency, it, w- 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 fluidity. I should say it doesn't really exist. It's all sort of torn up over itself. Yeah, and it started to become a problem because for a very long time, I only listened to ACDC for like a, a three year stretch in middle and high school. I listened to literally nothing but ACDC <laughs> uh, for a very long time, and that started to permeate and. I began to internalize Angus's choppiness. And I asked my dad one day when I met Sonny, my partner from my last duo, I said, Hey, that guy's really good. I need to get better. What can I work on? And first he was a dad. He's like, Oh, you're fine. Everything's good. I said, Dad, no. Like he's like, No, you're good. I said, No, for seriously, like though, I'm, I'm a guitar player and I need to get better at this. What can I improve on? And he goes, Okay, you're choppy. And I was like aghast it's like what? how dare he I'm, what what do you even mean by that we don't and use that word and here. he like he's explained it's like you're choppy listen to angus young play and notice how he's like running over his own hands you're doing that it's like oh oh god so i immediately <laughs> went back to stevie <laughs> it's like started learning steve raymond's stuff because stevie was just liquid yep so i went back to stevie and started learning his stuff again and like broke the cycle and now i'm not so choppy <laughs> Yeah, I mean both of them. They
3: make it sound so easy in their own styles. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, but they're both just absolutely
4: fairly from different planets. Yeah,
3: completely different planets, and both uh, phenomenal. I wonder how Axel's doing as as the new lead lead singer. Disappointingly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he's doing. He's just
4: not rosy. Brian Lee. Just Rosie. Just ro- is that is that an intended HCDC joke, or is that a joke? Oh, I thought you were making a whole lot of Rosie joke because that's an ACDC song. I was actually proud of you for a minute. No, nope, nope.
5: no, You didn't know you knew that song. Nope. Way cheaper joke. You than do that. not know that. The song. fruit was so much lower.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so much lower that I missed it. I looked right over the top of it. Uh, not great, though, is how Axl Rose is doing with ACDC. So now, Nick, you said that you're going to be getting the actual uh, Are they going to be CDs? There will also be 500 CDs. 500 CDs, 500 CDs because so we, I have, I'm very optimistic.
3: I do, uh, I do a Helen Coyote tour show here in Prescott, Arizona monthly at Marks Beer Garden. Mm-hmm. And our next show is on Friday, the 17th of January. Right. Uh, will you have them then?
4: I will not. You will not have them then? I will not. Then. Okay. No, the, the, the actual release date is the 31st, and they'll probably still be in printing by the time we get to next Friday. Okay. <laughs>
3: Though so I'm when people go to the website, are, are there little teases there? Can,
4: yeah, there's a can whole they... big thing right at the front. Says a look at a fool out January 31st. Okay, and uh, soon you, you haven't be able to hear done hear like an early
3: it. release of one song anywhere. Nope. You absolutely, absolutely not. Sneak it out. Okay, no, i it. might. tight.
4: There is I'm one song up. I recorded during the process of this whole thing that is uh, vulgar that I may release as a single at oh, a yeah. at a later Yeah, yeah. As you remember that never got put on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a song that song's called great. Songwriting. Oh. And great. it sums up my feelings of songwriting. It's yeah. Great. So songwriting
3: is is it a frustrating process
4: for you? Incredibly <laughs> I it's it's I'd rather just play guitar. <laughs> Sean,
3: are you familiar with uh Sean Colvin? Mm. So with who? Sean Sean Colvin. Uh she is a uh She put out some stuff in the uh, early 90s and has been, you know, out there with John Hyatt and Lyle Lovett and does a lot of those type of shows. Uh, And she's an an acoustic artist. She's been playing for years and years and years. Great artist. And she also thinks both songwriting. I don't know as much about songwriting, but recording for her is is like she just absolutely... um, abhors it oh gotcha yeah
4: it's just very painful i have a blast recording yeah i like recording yeah i don't like what i gotta do to get there which is songwriting yeah and i don't like the part after it man this sucked (laughs) yeah having to actually put together the yeah dude i had to like copyright a bunch of songs and get on ascap and do all this junk i'm gonna get an intern next time (laughs) yeah are you you know let's just do a little uh music
3: 101 ed here um, so there's a lot of different ways to get your music out there these days. There's different services that you can use. There's different duplication services you can mm-hmm. use in regards to manufacturing. What did you use, if you'd like to plug
4: something? I used what Sean used. I, I got all my advice from him, basically. Whatever Sean did, I just kind of did the same thing. He went through, and I went through CD Baby. CD Baby? Yes. And they're and great. I released everything of mine on CD Baby <laughs> They're marvelous. Year- ago yeah years marvelous. ago They're
3: marvelous they and they, they just it the just
4: automatically loads up into everything and yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hooked it up with uh with the streaming stuff they helped me license my cover song um through a, a third party and everything i mean it, it's it they're a marvelous yeah. service. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they lay it out really clearly, so. They do. Yeah. And it's not crazy expensive to go through them. No, yeah. it was I got very affordable. like a $200 easy. discount just because. Yeah. You know? So it's like, absolutely, I'd recommend CD Baby. Yeah, they're, they're excellent. Be prepared to redo they, your cover a few times. Because they didn't the manufacture for you, though. Yeah, they're, they're printing the, oh, they are they're printing. They're doing the whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they're doing the whole thing. Great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I used to use a service called Disc Masters. Gotcha. Back in the day. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, CD Baby is doing the whole thing.
3: Fantastic.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they're killer.
3: Well, we should get some money from CD Baby cuz we've just really <laughs> done a huge plugged, yeah, yeah, uh sponsorship.
4: Yeah. Make
1: that 200 off,
4: 400 off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's let's <laughs> see if we can do this retroactively.
6: <laughs>
2: it's All right, race. so can I jump in on Absolutely. You? Yeah, please. And Nick, if you don't want to get in this that's fine. He when we sat and recorded a few months ago, we had a great conversation. And then at the very end, he dropped something that I really wish we would have known about beforehand. And then I alluded to it in our intro, so if you want to go to milehighshow.com and look in the archives for Nick Cannon, to I even told people, if you want, skip to this point so you could hear this story about the partnership between the music and the lyrics. Yeah. was I was blown away when you said it. And then, And again, like I said... That would have been the bulk of our conversation. had, sure. had he met. But you mentioned it just kind of in passing at the very yeah. end. Yeah. If you can, and then I'll hand the mic back to Sean. Since you were just talking about the songwriting process, get into how the and and, and the cut, so people can look forward to yeah. it on the CD. Yeah, I know what you're talking. And about. how that came about? I was. It was. It was an incredible story. So okay. So the title track, uh, the CD um,
4: is called "A Look at a Fool." And uh, the title track is called The Fool. It's the last song in the album. So the story behind this goes... Uh, my, <coughs> Sorry. I also have this called... Uh, my mom was a songwriter as well. And she had... She passed away in 2009. Actually, just a few months before you and I met. Uh, and she, uh, she had written all these songs back in the 70s or 80s that uh, may or may not have had music to them. I'm not, I'm not sure... But after she died, my mom or my dad and I found this big old folder full of lyrics that she'd written. And I go through them and see if anything jumped out. And there's one in particular that had always been interesting to me. I liked the lyrics and I liked um, just some of the words used in it were or just, you know, uh, really. There's good, you know, they conjure images, you know, you picture what you're listening to in this song. And I sat around with it for three years just looking at it going, I don't know what to do with this. And the only thing I could figure out is that it seemed like it wanted to be in D minor. And uh, anything else, I, I'd try to write it, and it would be bad. And so I'd just go, okay, well, I'll come back to it tomorrow. And finally, one day, it all just sort of hit me. And I realized, I went, oh, my God, that's it. I just, like, <gasps> had it. And I sat down at my mom's piano, and I played it. it I wrote the song in the time it takes to listen to it. It just was there. I had it. It all made sense. And it just instantly became the favorite thing i've ever written so i have the song now the title track of my album was co-written by me and my mom three years after she died wow. and uh it became the title track and it's to date it's by far the coolest thing on the cd and it's my favorite thing i've ever written can you play it No. nope okay. that requires so many instruments Got it. Got it. so is it, is it a piano based song it's piano rooted yeah it's, it's mostly on piano and then it's built off there's Sean's heard it. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff happening. So dude, so, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. I, I really want you to hear it. It's really cool. Awesome. I'll put you know what? I'll pull it up before we leave and have you hear it. It's really cool. Uh, now how many instruments do you play, Nick? I play five. You play five. So you play yeah. the, the
3: drums?
5: I play the guitar, bass, piano, bass, piano.
4: drums, and mandolin. mandolin. And I sing and
5: and Biden how many 40. instruments do you play, Sean? I'm sitting here struggling to, like, how does he know the number so fast? Because um, I just do. I just know crap like uh, that. <laughs> let's see. There are instruments I haven't played in many years that I used to play prolifically. Um, but, like, I played the flute for a long time. So I'm pretty sure I could get by on that if I had one. Um, whew, uh, so, the uh, piano? Okay, in order. Piano, flute, guitar. um, kind of traditional percussion stuff i can't play a drum set to save my life but like i can rip on a marimba um (laughs) so (laughs) um let's see uh bass bass, yeah i can play bass i'm not i'm not a bass player but i've had to play bass for gigs so i can get by on it um cello uh i I played a fair bit of cello and i do play a good bit of mandolin um so however many that So how, how did the cello get thrown in there uh, when I was in high school, I got fed up with my band director and I was buddies with the orchestra director. And I, I said, I'll do this instead.
3: <laughs> oh, nice. Okay.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was mostly it. Interesting. Um, Fantastic.
3: Yeah. And writing on piano and writing on guitar are two different animals and they and radically. they, they mm. create different works of art. Yeah. Entirely. They
4: um, have to. Yeah. The piano, it's just, it's all laid out there for you. Yeah, it's right in front of you. It's, it's so literal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only one spot on any piano that you're going to play this note. Yep. Whereas on guitar, you can find that exact same thing in four different spots. Yeah. You know, but piano, it's right there,
5: and that's it. Low left, high right. Yep, that's it.
3: And uh, yeah. yeah, but just what you know, the songs that can come out playing
5: a piano. Oh yeah.
3: Uh, just opens up a whole other world that really. I think it's just maybe the percussion quality of the piano, even though there's a tremendous amount of percussion playing the guitar yeah. also. But something about just laying the keys down. Yeah, you know, I I find that I tend to write like really nice ballads on a piano when I when I get an opportunity to.
4: Yeah, I don't know. they're they're better for that I think typically than guitar is. Yeah. You know, because a guitar you're just that guy who's like let me play something i wrote have you got yeah. a minute you're just that guy at a party that no one asks <laughs> yep you know <laughs> pretty much on a piano you're like it's yeah. actually yeah. i don't know but if you've been guitar, that guy yeah. nick I, what <laughs> <laughs> No, like on a piano, it's like, oh, that fits on a guitar. You're just like, go home. That sounds like <laughs> that, that sound like if,
3: if if like from American Dad, if Stewie were were to show up, yeah. with a
4: guitar,
5: you're right?
3: I'm I'm
4: just gonna play something.
5: Different.
4: <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ballads are better on piano. Yeah, guitars.
5: I think guitars inherently have kind of more energy in them. Like, yeah, you, you just it's harder to it's harder to play a piano with energy. Guitars Unless, you just strum right. away. Right. If you're Billy you Joel, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like you gotta be pretty good at piano to make it make people dance. With it, you know. Yeah, that
3: that's true. Yeah. yeah, you yeah you definitely takes a lot more effort. I think. Yeah. For Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, to be able, oh, there's a lot of notes there, you know, yeah. and a lot a lot more action going on. Yeah. No than what it. comes more naturally on a guitar to be able yeah. to access all of those mm-hmm. notes and and kind yeah, of strum, you strum, strum away. It.
5: Right, right. You, just, you can build, you can build the whole the whole rhythm right there. Right. And, you know, get people grooving, but yeah, pianos are pianos. You have to actually get pretty dang good at it. To, to accomplish that <laughs>
3: and uh so you just got done with the recording process and you've recorded it as well sean um so before i g- have you guys maybe play one more song to end, end the show each mm-hmm. um uh, how do you like the recording process i i can personally say that i i actually like all aspects of music i like the writing i like the practicing to get ready to play live and playing live is a whole other animal as well where it it becomes real yeah it becomes it becomes alive and takes on a life of of its own and maybe when you're playing it live you like it better than either how you recorded it or how you wrote it because
4: something else happens to it when you're playing live exactly it's never going to be the same live as it was in the studio
3: (laughs)
5: right
4: Uh, you can have all the instruments accounted for and it's just going to be a little bit different
5: the energy is totally different when you Absolutely. have a crowd. It just mm-hmm. really changes the way you do things.
4: Right. <laughs> I honestly the recording process, I, I really like it. I like just because you you get to see something you've created get born, you know. It, it's it's the most like incredible exciting thing in the world to me. And Sean and I have done a, a decent amount of recording together because I, yeah. I played on a lot of your stuff on your C D and mm-hmm. you showed up on on at least one of mine. Yeah. Um,
5: and we've been doing some other things. Kind of Working out there lately, yeah. Um,
4: just just more as a, like a, a Sean and Nick. Yeah. It's Nick just really incredible to see, just watch something take shape. Yeah. So you have an idea in your head, and you're like, okay, wait, I think I've got this. And then you hear when it's done, you're like, that's not at all what I was thinking, but it's 100 times better. It's just like, this yeah. is amazing how this life- And I,
5: I think a huge part of that, <laughs> shout out to Dylan, a huge part of that is the, the collaborative environment when you have a good producer. What? And, uh, who is Dylan
4: and what Dylan is Ludwig. the recording studio? Dylan yeah. Ludwig is the, a the genius yeah. who runs, uh, the Raven sound studio here in Prescott. Is, I, I, is have, that what it's called? It's the Raven Sound Studio. Okay. Yeah. Sound yeah sound it's studio. right over there hmm. on, uh, what is that Marina? It's on Marina. Um, I, I've been singing this dude's praises for the last two years already, uh, since working with Sean on his, the guy's amazing. And yeah. like, at this point he's probably sick of hearing me say that, but, um, I don't care if you're sick of <laughs> hearing me say it, Dylan. You're very good at this. <laughs> Dylan. And I love working with Dylan because he's, his, his ear is just impeccable. Is he pulling performances out of you or is the way that he engineers? He'll just throw something at you. and be like, what, why don't you try this little run in the harmony up here and see how what that does. And you go, oh, my God, that's brilliant. So he's I would challenging never of you. It. Yeah, yeah he just, he'll hear something in his head mm-hmm. and go, I bet this would work. Try it. And you're like, it absolutely works. So
5: he's it. really producing, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a producer. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a great producer and engineer. I mean, he gets out, the f- most phenomenal drum sounds out of that room. Yeah, his drums are unbelievable mm-hmm. every time. Um, yeah, he's really, really good with compression and drum mics. <laughs> he's a killer at that stuff. Um, and they had sounds like they've got some good equipment there. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, he's got some top notch. He's got some really cool are. stuff. Um, yeah, go go check Dylan out. All right, there is yeah. another plug. Yeah. yeah
4: seriously
3: for the raven studio okay let's let's get some more live music to end sure, the uh, let's show do
4: it. Um, hello again hello. okay here's uh here's a thing I wrote.
0: find you intoxicating and I want to dive in. Something about you's got me thinking. I just can't find the words. Somehow I feel like I'm sinking. I don't know what's worse. Whether you know me but I don't know you. guess it's a sign of the times. Or if I still love you even though you left pieces of me on the line I wasn't much better, if I'm being honest It's behind us. Don't know if we can fix this. I know we broke each other's heart. Fire with you never mixes. And I don't know the worst part. Whether you know me but I don't know you. I guess it's a sign of the times. Or if you still love me even though I left pieces of you online. I know things have changed in us, seeing in your eyes. Maybe if you and I could just settle all of our lies, and maybe you'd know me and I'd know you. I guess it'd be a sign of the times. And uh, you still love me even though I left pieces of you all the line. Pieces of you. Thanks.
4: Thank you. Thank you. It it gets stuck in your head. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Thanks, uh, Jim. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Let's see what happens. This song is called Houston.
6: For the land, this sinking land, I know. I heard it in the dirt across the highway. In this city, well, it's for real, you know. Biggest they come and low and empty. Yeah, but the men inside, they paint on mine. Hear nothing but the numbers on the airways. Yeah. Children made of sticks and stones Throwing all their bones to see the future And maybe better days They can cast it all away Go with nothing left to say Be free the still and summer haze It's just Houston in a fog light alleyway For the land, this broken land, I know I heard it in the cracks across the highway And at times it doesn't feel like home As much as some place I used to drive around Yeah, this city has been on fire 10,000 times And it'll rain 10,000 more Yeah, but the men inside they paint on mine, Dreaming about their ships on other shores. And maybe better days. They could go, but they will stay. Tied in bonds that they could break. be free, the still in summer haze. It's just Houston in a fog light anyway. Oh man, this broken man I knew He learned it in the days along the highway He said at times it doesn't feel like home As much as someplace the town just likes to go He says this world has been on fire 10,000 times And it'll flood 10 million more And he tell you once a thousand times the only thing that you weren't looking for. Never will be better days. If you go, then don't you stay. Don't you ever need this place? Be free, the still and waterways. It's just Houston and it's all right anyway.
3: Fantastic, thank you both, thank you sh- NickCannuel.com NickCannuel.com, oh we're my looking at soon It's
4: alive! <laughs> it's happening oh. it's there.
3: <laughs> uh, Beautiful, okay, uh, so it's on but the CD will not be out until at least the uh, end of the month, so do uh, you audiophiles <laughs> out there do uh, keep your, um, your ears and eyes open to um, the title once again? A Look at a Fool A Look at a Fool Yes and um, again You know uh, what
4: a Very very <laughs> <laughs> It's a reason I didn't put my face on the cover uh, It's just right here Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just his torso yeah. guys
5: this It's just his foolish <laughs> Foolish torso <laughs> look So
4: yes look keep, at my keep an ear test. out
3: for that And if anyone uh, <laughs> Liked what they heard from Mr. Sean Patrick McDermott uh, He's got an EP out there So you can uh, Sean is uh, SE E-A-N, Patrick McDermott, if you'd like to check that out, and you can find him online as well. But, better yet, if you want to hear both of them live, uh, (gasps) next Friday, a week from... Well, no, next Friday. Today's Saturday. So next Friday, the 17th of January, come down to Mark's Beer Garden between 6 and 9 p.m., and they will be there live, playing music live, and I will be there playing as well. And if for any, any reason... Whatsoever that people want to come see me outside of the Howling Coyote tour, you can do so at El gato Azul on Thursday, the sixteenth, between six and nine p.m. I and if
4: you're listening it. to this afterwards and just found out about it, well, then shame
3: on you. <laughs> shame. Have to be there every
5: Thursday until people stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I will be at the point on the thirty-first. Yeah on point. on the
4: night uh, yeah. I'm supposed to release the album. Yeah, we'll be at the point. Yeah. So oh, there we the go. So that could come buy be me a the beer album. Yeah. congratulate me that could be the, the... nah not really. it's yeah. just gonna be us playing music Do you have any there? oh yeah if I've got the discs in hand they will be on sale okay good with me at the next gigs I've played playing so for the next the year so 31st January 31st 8
3: to 11pm 8 to 11 Well oh, mm-hmm. that's past my bedtime but
5: yeah most folks that's okay mine too honestly yeah same <laughs> yep
3: alright thanks folks we'll see you next time thank you Matt Santos go to www milehighshow.com and check out the Helen Coyote radio hour podcast and Mr. Santos's podcast and Mr. Santos is also uh hosting an open mic now at Plaza Bowl every other Thursday. No, no, once a month. Oh, what? The second, oh, one, second, the second Thursday. Thursday every month here in Prescott, Arizona. And Sean did, did did you have one more thing that that you wanted to say? Uh, no, I didn't. I wanted to say thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're you're welcome. I I thought maybe you had to go to the bathroom or something. I thought maybe no. you were raising your hand. No. Oh, and there's a comedy show at uh, is it called Bucky's? Bucky's at uh, Bucky's Yavapai Casino, Yavapai Casino, Yavapai Bar, Casino which is, it, is right is off of the 69.
6: Oh, okay, in okay in Frontier y- Village Yavapai.
3: here in Prescott, Arizona, and that is what date? <laughs> April 1st. And that's a good day to uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. That's when a good day to get your fool on and to get your joke on. And Matt is amazing to see. And, and last time Matt did this, he brought together a gaggle of um, incredible. Right. Uh, Brian Kohatsu is headlining. Wow, wow, wow! So it's going to be an amazing show, and everybody could use a little bit of comedy. Lord knows we're laughing our butts off on this music show. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next
0: time. Somebody to write about. Somebody to write a song about. Seems anytime I find someone to do me, anytime I think someone can to me, it always ends a up taking a different route. Now it's time to wonder I'll find somebody to write about. Just give me somebody to round about you